got this again. All right, now I got you. Now okay. I got you. Okay, now we got now we now we cooking. Now. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. All right then. All right. All right. I'm alright if you are. I'm good. Let's let's hit it. <laughs> let's hit it, my guy. Peace, man. All right, peace. Fresh on my fresh podcast. I am the host, Curtis Metcalf. Once again, coming at you with another lethal episode, another lethal dose for you. On a Sunday, on a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon, we got call this. We call this when I do this on a Sunday. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday jazz session and stuff. And I got somebody who's like thorough in the field of that of that jazz. Uh, my man Slaughter. My man Slaughter is in here. Introduce no doubt, yourself. no doubt, no doubt. Introduce yourself to the to the audience and let them know who you are, what you do, man. Peace y'all. This is Slaughter 13X, producer, musician, band member, grand prize winners from last year, slash selfish pedestrians, productions, uh saxophone player, beat maker. Lyric writer, I wear, I, wear, I wear a bunch of hats. You wear a lot of when it, when it when it comes to music. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. That's all good. Yeah, it's like, no doubt. It's like you you know you you a light minded person like me. You don't have enough time in the day to do all those things. Oh man, oh man, you you, you said it right there, man. Twenty four ain't enough. <laughs> this ain't enough, man. Now, I bet you. Years ago on on Twitter, we have yeah. we have you know some of the most random discussions about anything when it comes to this, and it's been like you've been one of my most uh, thorough engagers. Like you really, when you reply with something, I really take it to heart and I think about it. Like after, like you know what? Yeah. Let me go read some stuff. <laughs> I I appreciate that, man. You wanted you wanted a handful of people that I, I feel like, you know, have a, have a, a a perspective on Twitter, man. It's a lot of folks with a lot of stuff to say, man. But I I I relate to your train of thought in a lot of ways, and even even on subjects in which we don't necessarily agree, it's still it's still a respect there, man. I I, I respect your knowledge a lot, bro. Of course, and it's, and it's, you know, it's the same way on this side because that's the type of uh not debating but that's the type of conversation i initially strive for like i do say um i come across as random but it'd be a serious thing like if i ask a question or if i come out with something that's really uh a fact or whatnot like you know uh one of the things we gonna get into uh before before the episode is over is uh I don't want to the one the one the one conversation subject matter whatever you want to call it that we really clicked on and came across was the whole outcast and they oh, this no is doubt. this is another this is another group on on Twitter especially hip hop Twitter that yeah they either love or hate or down and it's more it's more hate than anything. Um, and I don't feel that, man. I don't. Without I don't understanding, feel that. without understanding where the where the music comes from, and I know for us, it stems from the first two albums. I uh, sort of playlisted Cadillac, yeah, yeah, and ATL. I did a poll on that like a, a couple of years ago on Twitter and on Instagram, and you had one of my favorite replies to it. Yeah, uh, I I can't remember word for word, but you was more leaning in favor to AT aliens and, and yeah. why you liked it. And I'm like, man, sort of playlist that took you around the whole city of Atlanta without you even being if like if you wasn't if you wasn't from Atlanta or anywhere in the south or something, they they yeah. they gave you a play by play. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Being being yeah. from being from Chicago, they they mapped it out. They mapped it out. In a, in a way that if you wasn't from there, you know, you knew a little something after you after you heard that record. Absolutely. Right, right, right. So like for me, when 
when I got to Atlanta, I spent some time when up in Atlanta. I knew about, you know, I knew about certain things, certain areas where they where they was at and stuff. Like it wasn't nowhere. It was more like the suburbs, but you know, like when they talk about zone three, zone four, and all that, you know. Yeah, was, East, East Point and College Park. It, yeah, you know, they yeah, they yeah. they was hollering that out from the beginning. So I I I knew about that even before I touched on the soil down there. Okay, okay. So it was like when when they dropped some playlist, it was that was a real true jewel for Atlanta, and they, and it started a whole another era for them. It's like it established them proper in in the context of what was going on in other cities and the way they had it going on. Like, like for instance, when, when, when Wu-Tang Clan dropped into the 36 chambers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once it, once it got on a roll, the whole city of New York got behind. Got got behind. Yeah. I feel you on it. When Dr. Dre dropped the chronic and Snoop dropped doggy style. L.A., Long Beach, everywhere was behind it. And, you know, they yeah. considered that, yeah, that's the sound of the West Coast and stuff like that. So, yeah. well, Outkast, that was like, Southern Playlist, it was like the bridge in a sort. Because I often say that Atlanta as a city, there was like a hood. They had their own, they had their own thing going on. Mm-hmm. As far as like musically, but it's like more than anything, it didn't get recognized worldwide or at least in the United States as that being a hotbed for music until the rap came along and it took a while for the rap came to come along because there was a hub for there was a hub for other cities like you had Memphis that was so many miles away but mainly mm-hmm. but mainly Miami and what uh Luke Skywalker and Two Live Crew was doing down there. Uh, yeah MC Shy D was from Atlanta originally, a native of uh, Bronx, Bronx River Homes. He shouted out on his record. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Him, big history. DJ, him, DJ Tunk, uh, Cool Kali, DJ Man. Uh, DJ Man was on the first record, uh, the, uh, the Gotta Be Tough, and then the second album, Coming Correct in '88, that was both released on Luke Skywalker records and stuff. So, the whole, the whole culture of Miami bass was actually extended. To, to Atlanta. To Atlanta, too. yeah, no and doubt. It would continue, yeah. And it would continue years after that because uh, Beatmaster Clady for the Get Funky Crew, he gave uh, he gave Little John his first shot. Like, the first NPC 2000 that Little John touched, it came from Beatmaster Clady. Okay. And which caught, which urged Little John to uh, be sought out by Jermaine Dupree for the... Uh, there was that compilation they put out in the mid nineties, the uh, so so deaf bass all stars. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah the that first was big. One, the first one, which got you know, which got Little John in the game, and then you got him with the uh, with all his other stuff like that, you know, the the who you with, and all the uh, all the one off singles that became staples in uh, ATL clubs around that time, and then it came, then he comes into the uh, the two thousand eras proper with the uh with the east side boys and everything but you know it was uh-huh, a build uh-huh, it uh-huh. was a build to all that and all of that gets kind of like glossed over because it's it's regional music yeah it was regional because we we didn't know about a lot of that stuff until it hit or unless it hit national right you know? that that's how that and that's how a lot of stuff was it's like dining mobile yeah we knew about certain things but only certain things, only certain artists we gravitated to. You know what I'm saying? At first, a lot of people didn't like Outkast out here. It took it took a while to grow on us. We was more into um, Eight Ball and MJG. Okay. And we was more into like it was a lot of it was a lot of player rap. It was a lot of uh, it was a lot of gangster stuff. Of course, you know, coming from Chicago, that's 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 part of the soil is the gangster stuff and the player stuff. That's why Outkast was a huge hit when when players ball came out man i mean that was a huge hit up here man i remember our high school our local high school basketball our our varsity basketball team that's the song that they came out to and what was that 90 maybe 93 the 93 94 year Right. That they used to come out to 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 players ball, man. Players ball was a huge hit, and that whole 
Southern playlistic vibe was a huge hit with with a lot of the players and the gangsters around here, man. Outcast got a lot of a lot of love and a lot of relatability up here when they, when they first hit, you know. Yeah, and uh, continue and to continue with that, what was it like? I mean, what was what was the the, uh, the tone of things? Open, open Chicago. In the in the night when you in around those times in the nineties, you dealing with heavy gang activity, heavy gang culture. You know, you was either on the on the GD folk side of things or the mm-hmm. Vice Lord side of things. It was it, it uh, gang culture out here was at, at a peak around that time. You know, my neighborhood is comprised of mostly GDs, but you have. BDs peppered in and actually some some vice lords mm-hmm. and it's funny you know you wonder how how can that exist in the same neighborhood is because we we from the same neighborhood <laughs> you know what I'm saying so you <laughs> might you might have families where you know you might have a cousin that's on one side and another cousin that's on the other side but you know that's just kind of kind of the way it was so that that was heavy heavy in 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 the culture around that time so so Chicago who didn't we did we like you like you say about, about the regional thing we had our own music here yeah yeah but nationally yeah 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 we we definitely had our own our own culture our own music and we were trying to connect to what was going on on the east and the west so as far as the nat the na- the national scene we related a lot to to the west coast thing the gangster, the gangster thing. We we related a lot to what was coming from down south. You mentioned a ball and MJG mm-hmm. and the, all the suave house oh, stuff yeah. that that was coming up and uh, um, you know Tony Tony Draper's crew and all all them folks. You know all of that stuff was coming up. So the the gangsters and the players was heavily relating to that. So when when Big and Dre first came out and it was like boom players ball. Mm-hmm. It was it, it it was boom, you know. We we riding around in our Cadillacs. It was like, oh, okay, that's what we do too. We fuck <laughs> with that, you know what I mean? Y'all ride Cadillacs with with the Vogues and all that. So instantly, that that kind of culture, you know, was very attractive here. So when they when they first came out and they was young young dudes on their player, you know, with with my Glock under the seat and my in my Cadillac, that was that was very much embraced it was as as they evolved artistically <laughs> you know where certain folks started to, to decide you know they could take or leave outcast but you know my, my whole thing with cast is like you know everybody don't have to love everything i get that but for what they put in the game i don't get all of the anti-outcast sentiment especially when it comes to New York, New York should have been got over that. <laughs> Y'all should have been got. I mean, especially considering what's going on now and how the South is, is so. It's funny how the chickens come home to roost because the now home to roost. <laughs> the, the, in the South, the Southern thing that came up to New York and roosted all up in them five boroughs. You know, so you, you can't act like the influence of the South isn't big. So when you go back to groups like Outkast and Goody Mob, who were very instrumental in, fir- in first getting the South, you know, their proper respect in hip hop. Yeah. How how can you possibly front on Big and Dre? They took they took hip hop to the to further than. <laughs> You know, about as far out into the universe, the edge of the universe as you could take it, they took it there. You know, and I and I get all of their artistic choices aren't going to be accepted, but right. come on, the, the 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 respect to me should be very very clear and, and plain. And I really don't get the whole. What's really interesting, I've seen. You know, especially in recent times, in the past couple of months, even the past years, this whole outcast versus mob deep <laughs> thing. Like why like why those two groups in particular are pit against each other, I don't know. 
but it's like, come on, it's like that's that's uh such a big case to me of apples and oranges. Like, how are you gonna compare them? Them them groups are, are their their goal their musical goals are so different to where the only thing you really comparing them is based off duo versus duo. But I mean, come on, man, like you can't you cannot disparage one group trying to you know trying to make a case for another you know and and for me you know i atlanta is my second home man i I spent i grew up in chicago but i spent just about half of my life in atlanta so atlanta is my is my second home so i go up for atlanta i go up for our legends man like outcast is our legends i consider them our our legends you know so yeah, man, I, I I don't be feeling the the uh, the, the anti outcast sentiment, man. And and I and you know what I'm really I really don't mess with Curtis is oh I I mess with 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 Dre whoop whoop, but I don't fuck with Big Boy. It's like come oh, on, man. I think that's the most annoying. That's a, that's very annoying, man. Like, come okay. on, man. They that's a package same. deal, they man. Boy, they treat Big Boy like he's. Like he's Vinny and know like what I mean. Like he's a second tier. Yeah, second like tier thing. Yeah, it's like he didn't man. have, like he didn't have the the best start off verse on on a lot of those outcast songs. On a, on a ben lot Zabima, of those songs. Ben Zabima, for an example. Yeah, great example too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these these guys was like when when outcast gets mentioned with us, it was just like damn that 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 MC. That MC tandem, MC tandem right there. I had a phone call. <laughs> that yeah. MC tandem right there wasn't compared. It was like right there on the spot. It had our attention the whole time. Like I said, Outcast for down here mobile. It took it took a it took a minute. It took a minute. It didn't take too long, but it uh-huh. did, it, it took a minute. It took okay, a minute for okay. it to uh, grasp, for people to grasp it. Like you said, upon the first listen, when the players ball, yeah, it went different in Chicago. It went to that level to where it's like, yeah, your your high school basketball team is coming out to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It yeah. took it took a minute. Like it was it was in small pockets. It's just like okay, I might I might know somebody that had the uh, the cassette single to players ball. That sparked a whole interest right there. I said, like, oh, I seen the video and stuff. And we we would sit there, listen to that single, and listen to the original version and the remix. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then next thing you know, on BET Rap City, the the uh, the video is in rotation. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's getting like number two. And then, you know, it sneaks up to number one on the on Rap City chart on the weekend or whatnot. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's when... Yeah, yeah. Everything changed for me when I finally uh, got to hear the album. When I heard the album, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow. Mm-hmm. They are so much doper than just the first single, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got so so much more, so much more. And, it, and that, that album took you on a ride, man. It, it took you, it was an Odyssey trip that, they, that that record took you on, you know? Yeah, like that was going back to what I said earlier about about them. When the album, the way the album sounds, is professionally done. It didn't yeah. even sound like in certain spots. It didn't even sound like a southern rap album. Nah, exactly. Because even even how it opened with the jazz, you, you know, the yeah, the, it, the, the very opening of that album is like some jazz shit, some straight jazz shit. Yeah, yeah. And you know, at that point, this is ninety three, ninety four. We used to Scarface, Ghetto Boys. Right, yeah, right. We used to, right. We used to that type of music. Right. We used to, we used to what's popular. With, uh, who else came out? Uh, Ice Cube. And then, yes. like, and then around that time, around that time, it was like we dipped, we dipped into the golden era, right there, the second golden era, right there, because E forty, E forty had just came out. I remember mm-hmm. when, um. When uh when Greg Street before like okay 
A lot of people don't know this too. Grand Street is originally from Mobile, Alabama. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he yeah. he he originally started down here as a DJ for this radio station WBLX ninety three, and um, he was the one. Like Greg, Greg, Greg KP, he was our funk master flex. He was our Marley Mall, you know, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. trouble and stuff. He had a he had a regular radio show that would be on Monday through Friday. Uh, he had the mix. He'll put on the mix like eight o'clock, eight o'clock to nine o'clock, and nine o'clock would be the countdown or whatever. Then he'll knock off at ten. Um, mm-hmm. But he would be the one that plays all the hot records of everything. Of everything, of everything that you know, everything that got felt in Mobile and stuff, like from too short all the way up from a period of like 87, 87 through at least nine, because he left, he left BLX in 90. And did he go to Atlanta first or Dallas? He went to Dallas Fort Worth first, he went mm-hmm. to Dallas Fort Worth first and got his name known in there, and then he would come back. On the weekends, like in '91, with the uh, with this thing called the Street Mix, which he would do some more of the same thing, but it was more like upgraded. You know what I'm saying? Like, like um, how can I put it? Like how the normal DJs would do it now. Like everything is based around their personality or whatever. But you know, he t- he just took it to the next level as far as like radio. Like this is the Street Mix. We'll be right back at these messages and have all the sound effects. And stuff, mm, yeah, and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like he he it was like he had his own small market syndicated show. So in between in between then he dipped out again and uh he was still doing his thing in uh Dallas, but he also made the connect in Atlanta too. So he went to Atlanta and did the same thing. That's where he I mean when he got to Dallas, he changed his name to Greg did DJ Greg Street. And he had a production company of uh, wild productions that would do shows. One of those, some of those shows, he would bring like UGK down here and stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's what mm-hmm. like broadened their fan base a little bit, a little bit more. They was doing like not holding the wall clubs, but you know they couldn't get the venues. It was like cats used to do tours down here, like LL Cool J, his uh, his tour back in like '88 or something like that. '88, '89, he he breezed through here. Uh, yeah. KRS One been through here. EPMD's been through here. Pete Rock Seal Smooth. Um, Ghetto Boys been through here. You know what I'm saying? But it's more. It was more like on a, a kick where they would be at the uh, Mobile Civic Center and stuff. After that, yeah. we stopped getting. We stopped getting those acts at those venues right there for whatever reason and stuff. And there was like had to flip a coin and choose a spot downtown. I know that was the Temple. Uh, there weren't too many venues around that was like letting rap acts down here, and that was for a long, that was for a long while. And I think that's that's a reason why people down here get open arms about certain groups that they listen to for years. Let's like say a Mob Deep, Mob Deep came down here maybe um, two thousand and then two thousand and ten, two thousand eleven, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was like way after. Way after your records had reached a reached a prime, Goody Mouse been down here, uh, Wu Tang Clan down, been down here, and that's after things that got better as far as like venues. We got a dependable big venue that we could we could showcase them. Yeah, that we could showcase folks like that. You know what I'm saying? That would have been a lot of help. That would have helped a whole lot when Outkast had first came out down here. You know, so. What I was saying, as far as as far as all that, that's how we got to hear. That's how we got to hear the music. Like we had got used to hearing a certain frequency of music, like the Ice Cube, Ghetto Boys, Scarface. We got we had a lot of player rap, a lot of uh, gangster rap down yeah. there. So when Outkast came down, they broke out with something different. They broke out with something different. It still wasn't to the level of. It wasn't to the level of we was hearing it on the radio every day because the 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 radio station I'm talking about, they had they were they're owned by Cumulus, and so it wasn't so it wasn't but so many rap songs getting played overall in the in in the daytime, and especially when you had somebody like a like a Chris Coleman, 
or somebody that was playing that would try to play stuff like that. He had to play stuff. He had to play stuff in format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he had to sneak something, you know, kind of like I call it sneaking. But you know, you had to uh, make up. You had to make up a thing to where you get the uh, people participating, calling phone lines, saying they like this song, like the jam or the cram it. Uh, make it or break it, kiss it or diss it, something like that, you know. What yeah, I'm right. Whatever the, all the variations, of that, you know. What I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to get some audience participation on in that, but yeah, that's a part of the history that people like leave out because I really feel like I really feel like um, Grand Street needs to tell that story about how because we haven't forgotten and we don't let them forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you done, you done went to Atlanta, made a name for yourself, and all that. Ain't nobody hating, but you know, show show Mobile some of the some of that love, and you know, a lot of it is politics from you know what folks did years ago. But it's just like, yo, don't, 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 don't do the people that you know that that still know you like that. Yes, right, you know, it's right, all it's right. all it's all connected to 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 the way the records got broken anyway. Long story short, Outcast drops so the playlisted. I know yeah. one of my homies had it. We was out in the backyard playing basketball, and then it, he put the box in the window and was playing that album. And I heard what was what was the cut? Oh, uh, it was a call of the wild. It was yeah. Maybe, it was maybe the song. I can't even think of the song's name, but, but it was like uh. What would it do? What would it be? Yeah, you know. That, um, yeah, 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 I know. Yeah, I know you know what's what on the mm-hmm. You know what's on talk about. But that was like that song took me out mm-hmm. there and uh, so paid my dues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paying, yeah, paying dues. Um, that song took a whole nother. It took it to a whole nother level. Like I said, when the album dropped and you come to find out that they have much. They have much doper songs than just players ball. Yeah, like players yeah, ball ain't just no the one. song, but you listen to the whole you you listen to the album, and then it's like wow, yeah, everything is of that quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what brought that's what brought Atlanta up. That's what brought Atlanta up to the level of what LA is doing, what Chicago's doing, what New York is doing, especially what New York is doing. Yeah, and the proof yeah. and the proof was in the pudding when um. When they got to the Source Awards in '95 and got and won the award for Album of the Year, man, I watched that live on TV. Man, I watched that on TV as it, it was unfolding. <laughs> that was that was a moment in in, in hip in, in music history, man. That was a moment yeah. in music history. Yeah, you remember where you was at? You remember where you was when? Yeah. When when the words the phrase got said, you know, the South got something to say. South got something to say. Yo, I thought, okay, I remember where I was. I think the source, the source had some deal to where the show could be shown in certain markets, kind of like how, uh, kind of like how Don, Don Cornelius had Soul Train showing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They might have had get, they might have had gotten Tribune Entertainment or somebody like that, but it got shown, it got shown in different cities at different times, though. Um, I know. When, when, um, after, after all that happened, after all that happened, because we heard about the whole should night calling out, uh, Puffy and everybody that I remember reading that, um, a lot of people in the crowd was thinking that should night was thinking, was talking about Jermaine Dupree because he was there, you know what I'm saying? The whole, yeah, the yeah. whole you know all your artists out there you want to be uh you want to be an artist you want to be a star and not have to worry about your uh, executive producer J- jd caught a stray bullet he caught a stray <laughs> bullet on it he wasn't directly talking about atlanta but he you know you can get some too <laughs> and the the funny thing about that is like years later i found out that should knight was definitely in the mix in atlanta anyway because of you see Puffy, I know Puff had dealings. Puff was around yeah. in that in that circle right there. He he yeah, um, okay with um with him having Bad Boy Entertainment and 
Bad Boy was distributed by Arista at the time. He had a, his Clive Davis was his boss. I mean, right. I know you. I know you've seen the um, what was it? Was it the Monique show or something like that? Where uh, T Boss was on that. She was explaining like you know how crazy um, Lisa Lisa Lopez was. It's just like yeah, yeah. yeah she went up to Clive's office with the uh, with the pistol on her. I'm like, where's our money? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Puff was there. <laughs> she said Puff snitched him out. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> she 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 was like, okay, she said that. But Puff was Puff always laid a claim to having a hand in Outkast's career. Like he directed the players' ball video. Yeah, I know he directed their videos. Yeah, and, you know he he had some assistance. He was something like a, a liaison or something. For for their record label or something like that, and he he definitely shot them videos for him too. Right, right, right. So he did he did that part of the work, but he always you know I'm looking at the um the uh, the 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 documentary the art the art of organized noise. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. In there and stuff like that, you know. And so I'm just like, how much credit is this man taking for these guys' career? You know what I'm saying? You're right. <laughs> Like he was there for everything. He was there for everything. Of course, he was there to you know bring in Usher and stuff. But he was like around a lot of people. He was managing um, Mary J. Blige's career and right. and uh, should night should night get ships off of that my life album because he was managing he was managing Mary J. Blige at the time on on an album that Puff Daddy was executive produce on or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of that he's linked to a whole a whole lot of that. So that may have been uh, uh a foreshadowing or some things like you know, why why Jermaine Dupree caught that straight like that, you know. Right. You know, but but then again, a couple of awards is given out later and then Puff is on stage with these other people presenting an award and he was like he revealed it then. It's like, yo, I was the one, I was the executive producer that uh, that was spoken about in a, in a negative way. And I just want, you know, we all do this music. We love this music and stuff. You and, you know, and, and, and black folks coming up and stuff. And, you know, and then again, yeah. that was that was after, and then that was after Snoop. Yeah, Snoop. Snoop made his thing. Y'all ain't got love for Snoop, dog. Y'all ain't got yeah. love for Snoop, bro. That that night was electric, man. <laughs> that night was electric. I mean, drain, drain, let it. Snoop let it was on going. fire, man. They was on fire, and you know the way they. A lot of people don't remember the way they opened the show. The Death Row All Stars sure opened up that show, man, sure and, and they set that shit off. <laughs> so I'm sure Snoop was Snoop was you know he was feeling himself. We here, nigga. Of course. We in New York. <laughs> we gonna come back. We gonna come back to uh, talking some more about our cast, but I, I want to. I really want to dig into uh, your background, your uh, your musical, your musical offerings, and everything. So you know, you could you could take it from here, bro. Uh, no doubt, man. I and I appreciate the platform, man. I really do, man. I I've. Uh... I've been involved in music for quite a while, man. I've been touring professionally for 15 years now with my band Grand Prize Winners from last year. And we're uh, we're based in Atlanta. I live in Chicago now, but uh, like I was saying before, I lived in Atlanta for, for many years. And one of the things that I did down while I was down there is I uh, uh, founded a band with several other very talented musicians shout out believe shout out to the no name the great nameless uh my bandmate so grand prize has been an ongoing concern for for many years man we've been touring up and down the road man and making records and we continue to do so um so that's one of my main projects man i, I also produce as well so I have a, a production company called Selfish Pedestrian Productions, and you know we're uh, we're doing a lot of things. I have another band, uh, a side project, if you will, the the James Slaughter Sextet, which is a jazz uh, a jazz fusion concept band. So um, so a lot of my time these days is spent uh, de- developing that. We're actually 
getting ready to have our live debut on April 30th, which is International Jazz Day. And uh, Jazz Day is something that has picked up a lot of steam in the past decade or so. Um, Herbie Hancock, actually, the great Herbie Hancock and um, the UNESCO organization began International Jazz Day maybe about a decade or so ago. And it's picking up steam every year. So this year, um, I'm debuting the ja the James Slaughter Sextet for Jazz Day on April 30th at the Exit Saloon uh, in Summit, Illinois. So I'm looking forward to that. So um, just got a lot got a lot of projects in the queue. Um, I mm -hmm. love music. I've been wanting. I've been. As a kid, man, you know, I grew up, we, we grew up, we talk about outcasts and that, that was like uh, a part of, you know, the music that was very important to me growing up as a kid in Chicago and as I transi transitioned in Atlanta. So um, from, from a kid, man, all I, I, I really wanted to be, um, Truth be told, was a record producer, man. I love the names on the back of the albums. I love the names in, in the credits. I was a credit reader, so um, I love hearing about the people behind the scenes that you know that help the artists to see their vision to fruition and to completion. So um, I got into my into my into my head when I was in college. I went to Clark Atlanta University. Um, I got it into my head around that time that I wanted to get into producing records, and I was hanging with some cats around that time who were uh, who who were rhyming. Uh, <laughs> my mm -hmm. guys, my guys, Hebrew. <laughs> you may have heard of him. He's a famous painter now, Hebrew Brantley. But um, <laughs> my main man, Hebrew and Q, man, they had a group called God Complex, and they were a really dope group and um i used to hang around them and through them is how i met a lot of the characters that i that i came to know and love in atlanta like uh binkus records and jacks and flux and oh uh, yeah, yeah 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 that's when we started to kind of branch off into what was going on in the in the atlanta underground hip-hop scene and it was a very 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 vibrant scene Around that time in the late '90s, man, you had a lot I, I, going I was on, man. What, uh, what, what, what year was this? Was this like '90? We talking '90, '98, going into '99, going into 2000. Around, around those years, in, in the Atlanta underground, it was really popping, man. Yeah, um, yeah, man. We had a lot going on. Micronauts was down here. That was one of the big groups down here. We had Prophetics. Uh, oh yeah, Ed, Eddie Meeks and them. Um, stars, the FMC was getting started around that time. Yeah, Drez, yeah, Drez yeah. the Beat Nick was was um was promoting a lot of the hip hop shows that came to the city down at that time. Um, Drez was bringing them down there, man. So, you know, we were hanging around Binkus and Jackson Flux and them, and really just kind of getting our feet wet. Um. In terms of being out in in a scene period you know um hanging out with a bunch of independent artists hanging out with a bunch of like like-minded individuals a bunch of people that were really getting busy you know really really getting busy on the mic and really getting busy on the turntables and getting busy on 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 the mpcs you know the the um the MPC 2000 XL was was fresh on the scene around that time, so you yeah. know, cats cats was getting their hands on that. Hebrew got got his hands on that, so that gave me my first real taste of um, of production and, and touching the sequencer and touching the sampler um, was was on that 2000 XL man. So that that um, that really was like the genesis and 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 the birth of my pursuit of um, of music as a career um so that was my start man later later on down the line after i graduated i ended up um back in atlanta and when i say back in atlanta i spent some time away in new orleans around the time that um 
Hurricane Katrina had hit. Oh, of course yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you know, so that was what, like, mm-hmm. 05, right? Yeah, right at 05, like, like, uh, yeah, that last weekend of um, of August going into uh, going into September, man. Yeah, fact, you yeah. already know, man. So, um, yeah. I had I had spent a lot of time in the um, down in that area in, in, in New Orleans and whatnot. So, when I came back, that's when I, you know, made the hard decision, you know, I'm, I'm going to get, get into music no matter what. You know, mm-hmm. I had made a little music. I had made a little money um, while I was on the road in New Orleans, man. So I had went down to the uh, to the uh, <laughs> to the guitar center, is the one in Baton Rouge, and that's when I I got my my uh, my first MPC, which was an MPC one thousand. Uh, and yeah. um, it's funny because I spent I was in and out of Mobile because Mobile is one of the stopping points in between Atlanta going down into New Orleans and uh and Baton Rouge. So yep. y'all have a uh y'all have a guitar center out there yep. that yep. that I used to go to quite a bit on off of that access road over there, man. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 man. So I, right I, there on, uh, airport mm-hmm, on airport, on mm-hmm. airport. So I used yeah. to go up in there and you know get my accessories and everything. You know what I mean? So that's what I made the decision. You know, I'm I'm going to do this music hook hook or crook. You know, so I did that. Got back to Atlanta and ended up in the studio. And long story short, man, I met the cats that became my bandmates and. um we came together and um, our initial idea was, you know, everybody is, is from hip hop and everybody understands, you know, the process of sampling and, and, and writing records and writing hooks and whatnot. But a few of us actually had uh, a band background. Um, my man, No Name, I know he went to, let me make sure I get it right. He went to FAMU. He was he was a part of the Marching 100. You know what ah, I mean? So ah. he he was bringing that kind of experience into the band. So he he had the Husky MPC 3000 on the beats, but he was also coming through on on his trumpet yeah. as well. So you know this idea sort of kind of started to bud in terms of mixing that. Mixing those experiences, you know, a lot of kids that go to school for music, mm-hmm. it's funny because they, they study jazz or marching band, but when they get out of school, of course, they want to be involved in hip hop. So a lot of those kids, you know, spend all of those years in that training and then, I don't know, kind of like turn their back on it you know, in, in pursuit of a particular thing, but our thing was like, yo, you 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 went to school for music all this time. You got that trumpet, that trombone over there. Why don't you play it? Let's put it on the track. Yeah, let's put it to use. You know, let's put it to use. So yeah, it was yeah. like, you know, everybody kind of like had to pick an instrument and, you know, commit themselves to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, that was our sort of our our platform, which, you know, it was, it was hybrid. It was electronic music. It was, it was hip hop bass, but, you know, we were also taking up the responsibility of, of instruments and being musicians as well. So that led me, that led me onto the path that takes me where I am today. So I'm, I'm very, very grateful. And, you know, that's just how God moved, man. You think you have plans, but God have a different, a different, you know, a different outlook on what you should be doing and where you should be. And um, ending up with those cats, it was really the best thing to happen to me because my initial idea, you know, you want to, you, you want to sort of emulate your heroes. And of course, my heroes from my early days are your Pete Rocks or your, or, you know, your DJ Premier, your Jay Dilla, or the you know, we talked your Diamond D's yeah, big yeah, big yeah. time. You know, we talked about um, that was my Outcast. You know, or, organized noise w- was was big. You know, in terms yeah. of influence. So, you know, my idea was to was was being like those cats. Yeah, but 
the path that I ended up taking, you know, kind of took me down a, a, a different path. So now, now I'm very grateful, man. I ended up picking up the saxophone and I've been playing, playing the sax for about a decade. And um, I've been playing piano for about the last maybe three or four years, you know, studying piano and whatnot. And it only helps, you know, and, um, delving and, 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 into the uh into the the lifelong mind you the lifelong pursuit of getting good at an instrument is only a plus in terms of taking that knowledge back to sampling for instance mm. and, and, and being able to understand how to use a sample and now being and being able to identify this particular sample these chords are in this key you know so i can do this or i could play a sax line over this over this sample like this so all of it you know really is a full circle thing you know hip-hop um you know one of the ingredients and one of the the elements that birthed hip-hop was you know getting away from you know having music programs in schools and, and having access to instruments in schools and things like that so i feel like my particular kind of put us back in line of, you know, what was taken away from us is now available to us again. You know, we were innovative in, in terms of, you know, the development of, of hip hop and despite of not having access to traditional instruments, but now, you know, it's like, it's okay to put that stuff back into place now that we do have access so many things man so that's that's pretty much you know what what where, where i'm coming from you know that's my musical platform man i i love all black music and before it's said and done i pretty much want to produce something in, in in every black idiom from jazz to rock to hip-hop to gospel so you know i'm just getting started my my guy man i really appreciate you having me on on your uh on your platform man i've been tuning in for a while man like i say i i appreciate your your views and your your knowledge especially man because i i appreciate the the preservation of music history and the people that uh, really really go in and go hard to make sure that the stories are told correctly and you're definitely one of those people man and, you, and your podcast and your pla your platform is definitely uh um uh, contributes to the uh to the proper to the proper telling of our story man so again man i i thank you for for having me on man i appreciate it man there's no problem that's all love and and you know yo what you your last words or uh, is exactly why i do it for i was inspired by by people like Dart Adams and uh, Combat Jack, rest in peace. Yeah, no and, doubt, you know, no for, doubt. For even coming across and attempting to do a podcast of this sort, it's just like what Dart he put so much out there that is true. You know what I'm saying? It's so much out there that's like I really got to catch up on. Like he, you know, like even with stuff like um, album release dates, the proper album release dates and stuff. Yeah, like if he. Yeah. he 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 hits it, he hits the bullseye every time. And if he even if he says he's not sure, like say, like say for uh, uh, De La Soul, Three Feet High and Rising. Okay, we know that it wasn't released March third, nineteen eighty nine, because right. you had a single out before then. But then, like the album, all right, it's just like okay, everybody got the albums, everybody bought albums during the Christmas season and stuff like that. That's why you know, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick. Whatever yeah. release date that it had, that uh, they said it has, all right. Consider that you know it was on Def Jam. Def Jam was distributed by Columbia at the time. Every album back then didn't come out on a Tuesday, so right. that interested me the first time. Like really, I can tell you the first time I caught wind of Dart, and it was like uh, somebody retweeted him, and then I started following him, and then he was talking about the Beat Nuts Intoxicated Demons EP. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. how many albums it sold, what the release date was, and the first thing I did was like I snatched my copy. I got I got it on cassette, and sent it, tweeted a picture to him, and he re, he retweeted it. It was just like, yo, 
you know, you you learn more if you listen rather than you just running running your mouth and the stuff that I thought I knew about hip hop. I really didn't. So right, right, right. It's always somebody that know a little more, man. And those people are important, man. Your your, your darts, and, you know, all the all the great historians and 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 uh, and, and, your, and your writers too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never claim to be a journalist or anything, but just for the simple fact that you said it, that you know, this, these stories got to be continued to be told because, like. The, the main reason I started the podcast is because people was getting us down. I figured people, I felt that people was getting the Southern rap story wrong. Like certain stuff. So like basically Fresh and My Fresh started because because of Outcast. Outcast okay. broke through. Outcast broke through for, uh, for uh, 1994 and broke through for the South. Now it's a different view that people have of down south rappers and only later we found out like mop and oc were big fans of like ghetto boys and scarface right we never knew they the, the records reached up down we knew we never knew that you know folks had fans and stuff uh, of the music up there we, we we didn't know that the ghetto boys went on tour and did shows up there but it was like you know yeah scarface scarface is like on a lot of a lot of New York rappers, top fives, top ten lists, like greatest. Yeah, the, the smart ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> man, Scarface is like a king in Chicago, man. Like, like red, yeah, right. red carpet. Right, he gets the red like, carpet it's, treatment. It's, up it's here. almost like a prerequisite between, like, between this part on this end of I sixty five to up to to up to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, to up to Chicago, it's like man. You you really not down unless you got some Scarface in in uh, you need you need your receipt. Yeah, did you? Oh man, I come on, man. Yeah, the, it's it's the, like a prerequisite, really. The Diary was such a huge record, man, which also came around came out around what ninety four. That's that another time. one. Yeah. That's another one that broke through. Uh, I don't know the exact release date, but I know I was in school. It was my senior year of high school. And I know some cats had uh cat had brought it had brought it to uh school and he let the history our history teacher let him play the diary in class and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Wow. <laughs> we was wilding. We was yeah. wilding. It was like we were just sitting back and listening to it like you you would do listen to any other album. I knew that that the diary, that was another album because I felt like the one before that, face to face, the world is yours. I felt like that one was really like slept on. Like nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. They talk about uh, I, Mr. Scarface's back. Yeah. And but they skip. They kind of like gloss over that one, skip over that one. But the diary, the diary is just like man, you got to have your own copy of the diary, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, you got to have the diary. You got to have the diary. That's the one. That's the one that got face over that's the one that got uh scarface brad jordan or on, on some list right there it did it was it was huge man it was huge yeah i remember i i saw the one time i saw scarface live was around that time uh scarface was a headliner then you had spice one uh mc8 because you know they was coming off of, of uh off of those singles that they have from the Miss to Society soundtrack. Oh, um, that's another one. That's another yeah. key sound. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those key records. One of those key yeah. records. Because that that was the one that really introduced a lot of us up here to UGK. With the pocket uh, full of stones. Pocket remix. full of stones. Yeah. Yeah. Which was coming out of every trunk, every truck. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That was that baseline. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, it wasn't nobody I knew that didn't have that soundtrack. That's yeah. a, that 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 would those to me those was indicators of about like man I'm missing out I ain't got it. <laughs> My right. cousin had it. My right. cousin had it. And I could I could do it from him, but it ain't the same as actually going to the store and getting it. And like you said earlier, sitting down and reading the credits to it, like. Yeah. Yeah. You had some of everybody on that. You had uh 
UGK pocket full of stones on there. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pete Rock and CL Smooth, Duff Bakumju is on there. They did have a joint there. Uh, MC8, Straight Up Menace. Straight Up Menace, which is a classic, a gangster classic. <laughs> um, Brand Nubian had a joint on there that was fly too. Brand Nubian was on there. They was on there. Man, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to that soundtrack just to see, yeah, just, just to go back and see how dope that album was, you know. Yeah, that was a dope. That was a dope record. Yeah, who all who all was on there? But basically, I named Scarface and I named Outkast, and the period they occupied, like Ghetto Boys, was still underground when, like, uh, when they when they signed with uh, Rick Rubin. The Deaf American album. Yeah. Um, it was the album after that. We can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. And when uh, Minds Playing Trips on Me broke through, it became their biggest hit. That was an album that they broke through with. It's like it was that was another one that was like hey, you could everybody wanted that album. Everybody wanted that album. So yeah. I marked it, I marked my podcast for that time period, 1991. Um if you go by if you go by Dark Adams uh, writings about the first golden era being eighty six through eighty nine, it all checks out. Nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety one were transition years. This was a one, and you know the Ghetto Boys, we can't be stopped. It dropped in a transition year where it just like people was trying. You know, it was a different type of hip hop being made. You know, what I'm saying it went it, uh, for me the tempos were significant there was a lot of fast tempo up tempo stuff mm-hmm. uh, mellow man ace uh kid frost uh of course ll cool j nwa ice cube and there was other people who like you know kind of like started started something but it ended up being something else later on like i was reminded i was reminded just the other day of an honest record that they put out on profile back in like 90 or 91. And it's just like, hold on. Onyx put out a record before they put out the uh, Throw Your Guns and Slam, and I listened to it, and it's like, oh, I remember this song now. And it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, they was just, if you if you can imagine Onyx sounding like native tones, that's the closest description I can I can give to you. Yeah. 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 But they style was there. Just imagine, just imagine uh, Onyx. Kind of like rapping, like how uh, De La Soul would later be rapping, like on um, on um, Below My State of Stakes' House, something like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, bro? And um, that that blew that threw that threw me off for a bit, but then I got my bearings back together. It's like, oh, okay. They had to do a record like that before, you know. That was like, you know, you cutting your teeth early. That might not have been the best record. It's just like DMX very first record, Born Loser. Yeah. A lot of people ain't heard, a lot of people haven't ever heard that record. And it was like 93, 92 or 93 or something like that. Totally sounds like a totally different dude than you hear you would hear on four three two one or get at me dog or something like that. But right, right. But not to leave the point, that's what my podcast is about. It, it you know, kind of like exploring exploring and going back over that 1991 through 94 era because people people seem to lose the the meaning and the point of what where southern rap came from people think southern rap started when when little john dropped put your hood up and stuff like that you know yeah 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 just the stuff that sold you know when you go back to what sold and stuff and what reached stuff and what made the impression you go back to like little john and uh Ludicrous and things like that. It's a whole lot, like you you said it earlier. It's a whole lot more to Atlanta than just what was on the upper crust. You had a whole underground there. <laughs> you had a fat beats in Atlanta, you know. <laughs> to, the, to this day, man, there, there's there's a whole layers of music scenes. <laughs> it's not even just one music scene. There it's not even just one genre. Yeah. Right. So, um, man. I, I enjoyed this, man. I really, I really did enjoy this talk. I've been wanting to get Likewise, you on, on here for for a minute. 
Yeah, yeah, especially man. when you when you asked me, you asked me a while ago too, man. I so, was looking, I've been looking forward to it for a minute, bro. Yeah, yeah I had to, I had to make room, and it's just that I've been blessed with having the people that have been on here lately and doing doing the joints that I do. It, it, it is progressing, it's progressing along, man. Um, tell everybody where you can where we can check out. What you do, the Jane Slaughter sets Ted and all that. I know you got some stuff on uh, SoundCloud and stuff. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. All of the James Slaughter Sextet music can be found on Bandcamp. And Bandcamp as Selfish Pedestrians. Selfish Pedestrians is my production company, so that's where I keep all of that music. It'll probably be up on Spotify and all of that kind of stuff later, but I'll, I'll, I'll make a, a, an announcement. But uh, if you're interested in the grand prize winners from last year stuff, that stuff is everywhere where music is streamed. Spotify, Apple Music, and so on and so forth. So yeah, definitely check out, search the James Slaughter Sextet on Bandcamp. You can search grand prize winners from last year on just about wherever you stream music. And I thank you all very much, whomsoever takes a moment to uh to listen to anything i do i really appreciate all this straight up because i'm gonna have to get my hands on all that after, after i jump off here man so um <laughs> so uh on behalf on behalf of uh fresh from my fresh podcast uh blessings in your future endeavors and uh checking you checking your music out right now past present yes. and future no doubt and, uh, uh, um that's what we're we gonna we're gonna keep it rolling like that man uh, i appreciate peace, you peace. greatly for for taking the time out and giving your words on it was here, my man. pleasure absolutely my pleasure i appreciate it man thank you very much all right you be blessed bro and the same to you brother all right peace peace